Hello, welcome to We Don't Talk About the Weather. Political discussion from the outside may look like screaming and crying. I'm Adam and this is Hugh. Ooh, and we're here to talk the season finale of all of politics. Her Parliament. Of Her Majesty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I have been struck down. I have. Okay, so a couple of things. Um, I have, to ensure a Labour victory, I have cast a spell. I have removed my dog's testicles. So I might use his seed to spread the seed of socialism. You've nationalised your dog's balls, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've cut them up and spread them all over marginal constituencies. <laughs> um, I have also caught something. I think it's more of a spiritual sickness than an actual physical <laughs> one. And I will either be cured in holy light on Friday morning or I will die. <laughs> so, you know, fingers crossed. Well, I mean, don't worry. I mean, I've been psychically communing with it. The entire British people um, okay, good, for the good. last week. Um, I'm Labour are going to win. There's yep. not a problem anymore. I've been um, putting kind of foreign, sneaky uh, notions in their head, like uh, it doesn't have to be this shit, and like this is quite nice. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's it's all fine. I've overcome, okay, finally cool. overcome the uh, the British masochism. <laughs> Okay, cool. That's right. Well done. All um, it took was psychically invading their brains and tricking them into thinking that things would get better. <laughs> yeah. So we are recording this on Wednesday evening. Yes, we the are. The evening before the general election mm-hmm. vote. Mm-hmm. My daughter's first general election. Yes, it will be. Well, she gets she the vote. vote. Yeah. yeah. She voted the um, the Euros, which is like, but I don't count. Yeah, barely counts. Yeah. Um, unless you're a pollster, <laughs> or a Lib Dem, <laughs> or a Lib Dem, or in the Brexit party, or in Change UK, <laughs> uh, it didn't matter to them either. They get nothing. Hey, look, Joe Swinson. I saw uh, just before I came out, there was a a little um, story about Joe Swinson. So she's spending yeah. the last few campaigning hours volunteering at like a Lib Dem phone bank or something. <laughs> and the story goes: Joe Swinson has been helping out Lib Dem volunteers by answering phones at her party's hub in central London. She says there is a real buzz around the Liberal Democrats. I'm assuming she started started early because you would, wouldn't yeah, you? You just skip out by this point. <laughs> and it has been a privilege and honour to lead the party during the election campaign. <laughs> Have you ever heard like a more fatalistic? <laughs> it has been a privilege. My privilege. All these weeks. As the as the SS Lib Dem slowly sinks beneath <laughs> the waves, it has been my privilege to run this sinking ship. But yeah, it's all the squirrels cool. leaving the sinking ship. <laughs> but yeah, so we're going to do the last manifesto, the only manifesto yeah. that truly matters, because, look, they've got, like, hours left. <laughs> <laughs> you You want to spend... It's a very difficult time for a lot of people uh, in this country these are the last few hours, and you want to spend that time thinking of your loved ones. So um, here we are. Here's Mike Gabe's election manifesto by Mike yeah. Gabe's. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, we're going to do Change UK yeah. manifesto, which is a good manifesto. It's, it's good really because good. it's short. I was about to say, it's, it's good super it's fucking so short. tiny. It's so tiny, and there's virtually no numbers. It's like... None. There's no, like, we will do this many of this, or we will put this much of this. It's lots of, we kind of like this. (laughs) Let me start with the opening blurb. The opening blurb. Yeah, it's it's in black and white. It's got that horrible Tesco logo they've got. The one that's the (laughs) No Frills Tesco logo, which rumour has it, Chucker designed himself. And uh, um, was done to to look like a tiger. What, really? That was the rumour I heard. 
And Tigers like, are orange. Like with all the rumours that I hear about Change UK, I choose to believe all of them because it just makes it better. <laughs> and it's just like a load of waving hands. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Opening, it's like a load of hands as if they're saying, Me, sir! Yeah. <laughs> sitting in school and saying, No, I'll do it. <laughs> I saw Owen smoking out packs. <laughs> they all look like that. <laughs> We've apparently transitioned to the fantasy that we all had 1970s like school <laughs> lives. <laughs> Smoking by the bike sheds. Yeah. Um, yeah, opening blurb. Okay. Politics is broken. Imagine some kind of uh, low-level, dark ambient music under this. Um, um, is this appearing as text yeah, coming in yeah, from the bottom yeah. of the screen as you see like a post-apocalyptic wasteland? No, no, I'm thinking Chucker because they made the video with him and he'd yeah. quit by that point, but they didn't have any time to make a new one. Oh, actually, Mike Gapes. No, yeah, it was really to his contract. It was Gapes. No, even after he'd left, it was really to his contract that he has to get a certain amount of screen time. If we were writing the screenplay of this manifesto, this would start... Uh, one of those industrial ex-industrial wastelands yeah. um, that's now like a kind of de facto car park. They're gonna build a bowling alley on it, like the end of rubber. But they're yeah, yeah, and uh, it's kind of an Alan Partridge. He's got the coat behind his behind his shoulder, and he's looking around and going, "Look at this waste. Somebody should build something that works. <laughs> Somebody should did. Someone should build a political party that works." Oh, that's <laughs> Somebody did. He's got the, the coat behind his shoulder. <laughs> awesome. Politics is broken. The main political parties in the UK have shifted to the ideological fringes and taken up populist positions. <laughs> All right. Yet the mainstream British public aren't convinced that the existing parties are right for the country. Okay, I wasn't the only one in psychic communion with the entire British public then. Uh, they are. How could they write this in all honesty after their amazing performance? Uh, like the Euros and just at being. On the theme that they were formed for, which was half don't like Labour, yeah. half don't like the Brexit deal, and or, yeah. or Brexit generally. Yeah. And that was like their thing. Yeah. Um, they are wary of politicians promising to solve all their problems with appeals to dog whistle prejudice or reheated dogma. Are they? Hmm. Are they wary of... I mean, they might be wary of politicians, but maybe not for that reason. Yeah. At the Independent Group for Change... Okay, here's where the music swings up. <laughs> Uh, there's some kind of, mm, let's see, QVC day shopping kind of jingle going yep. on. As some Still, of the industrial waste gets like, like sparkles fall down on it, and it turns from industrial waste into a Pret-a-Manger coming soon sign. <laughs> yeah. Not a Pret-a-Manger, Pret-a-Manger coming soon. And then like the Hank Scorpio town, the homeless person disappears. Yeah. <laughs> turns into a, turns into a, a, a turns, coffee stand. No, turns into a Mike Gates campaign advert. <laughs> <laughs> turns into Mike Gates. <laughs> It's just Mike Gabe sitting on sitting on the side of the pavement, and like he's like he they couldn't find a homeless guy to to play this role, so yeah. they just had him dress up, and then it's just him standing up there in the suit. Um, at the Independent Group for Change, we believe the core values and instincts of the British people still hold true: values of fairness, responsibility, truthfulness, opportunity, parliamentary democracy, and long termism. Oh yeah, all flock into the barricades for long termism, isn't it? Yeah. It is of little use for those in the political mainstream merely to warn of the dangers of the hard right or the hard left. Instead, we believe it is our responsibility in the centre ground to assert the freestanding and contemporary relevance of these key values. Now, <laughs> it's like you've fairly... got the hard left on one side, the far right on the other, and then the freestanders in the middle. <laughs> Tripods. Um, free, spats, free, free standing is the weird 
like word yeah. in that sentence because it's like requires no input or attachment from the left or right. Let's just pretend that the long, long history of the centre-right of the Tory party and the centre-left of the Labour Party, they just happen, they just disconnect, and there's no there's no ideological track there. They just no. suddenly existed yep. based on things that were always right, but yep. nobody ever practised except <laughs> for a brief period between 1997 and 2009. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also, like, yeah, aside from the, all the history they have with the other parties, they are lit. They were literally elected as MPs of other parties. Um, this, having a centre implies that there has to be something round it. Yeah. If you don't have, if if you if they're freestanding and saying they have nothing around it, there's nothing to border in at the at the edges of centrist thought, right? If centrist yeah. thought is a thing, there must be a point beyond which you cannot go before you become right wing or left wing. That's geometry. Or <laughs> well, they are just a one. They're in favour of a one party state. Of sensible middle ground. Well, yeah. I mean, ultimately, like to that be fair, is they all are. That's what that, that is like, the implication. The whole tantrum that's been going on since Corbyn was elected has been that, this endless tantrum of Guardian journalists complaining and moaning that there isn't just the one centre-ground party and everyone else being ignored. If only we could appeal to it on indiv- uh, one like solid mass yeah. on individual policies rather than having to take the policies as a whole. Yeah. Um, this short policy statement for the 2019 general election is not an exhaustive list of policies or a comprehensive programme by any means. <laughs> Look... If you were under the impression that four or five MPs had a fully fleshed out costing plan, you were wrong, my friend. <laughs> four or five MPs, two of which are retiring at this election. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just that it's just it's the, like, by it's any bad means. It's enough that the Lib Dems have a... The, it's funny that the Lib Dems have a manifesto. Because no, but all the Lib it does, Dems... The, no, two, no, like, no, they have a functioning no. party structure. Ish. No, they do. They yeah, do. but they're never going to get into power. And we saw what happened yeah. last time they got into a coalition. It all just goes out the window anyway. They're never going to do it. It's just there. It's like, it, all, it, all it ever does is get them in trouble. Like whether it's, we're going to get rid of tuition fees. Oh shit, we, we love tuition fees. Or this, or the, in this late, last election, we're just going to revoke Brexit when we win an election. Cue everyone laughing at them solidly for an entire election campaign. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, why do they bother? So then to have like, just, yeah, essentially... Two old men and Anna Subri getting pissed up one night and coming up with this eight-page statement of dreams. Listen, Hugh, they came up with this the very night they met at that famous photo in Nando's, <laughs> and they all—they it was like they were reading each other's minds. Uh, in Why an, there's like three pages on spices? Just this isn't an exhaustive list of policies, or but yeah. why not? Why don't yeah. you just do it? Just promise everything. This is the Lib Dem problem all over yeah. again. It's like, you could literally do anything and you would yeah. get the same amount of support. Why don't you just go mad? Yeah. If you really want to hurt Labour, say you'll nationalise power or electricity in yeah. your borough or in your constituency. Yeah. Uh, they continue. In an era where the norms we have lived by can no longer be taken for granted, ours are values which need to be more proudly asserted and defended when the old political parties no longer will do so. That is why we feel it is our duty to seek re-election in the constituencies we have represented so that the public in these communities at least do not feel they only have a choice of one extreme or the other. Bullshit. Could yeah. have had an election at any time. They would yeah. have still put up... They would have still been the same party as you said they were. Yeah. They would have still put up probably very similar candidates. Yeah. But you would have had the legitimacy of having proved yourself in a democratic vote. Yeah. Bollocks. Uh, so they have a list of principles first, right? Yeah. 
ours, ours is a great country of which people are rightly proud. That's just Five a conservative. That's just a conservative yeah, talking point. That's well, just yeah, the just, same shit. Just flag Where the first duty of government must be to defend its people and do whatever it takes to safeguard Britain's national security. National That's security. The first statement. National security is not the same as defending people. It's the signifier for wars. Yeah. It's the same as it's ever been. It's the same as they always, always say. That's a firm conservative thing. It means nothing. Well, it means something horrible. Yeah. Um, two, Britain works as at best as a diverse, mixed oh. social market economy in which well-regulated private enterprise can reward aspiration and drive economic process, yeah. and where government has the responsibility to ensure the sound stewardship of taxpayers' money and a stable, fair and balanced economy. Citation needed, narrator <laughs> voice. The private enterprise was not well-regulated. <laughs> it's just like... Oh no, we're just gonna, we're going to try that mixed economy. This time we'll regulate private enterprise for the 150th time. It didn't work 149 times, but we'll definitely do it this time. It's just so dull. Like, oh yeah, there's no. no there's no like you know, we talk about it a lot like conservatives not having hopes and dreams. Yeah. But like these pieces of shit, it shows how much they should be in the Tory party because they've got no dreams. It shows what really like they are not gapes aside. Yeah, they're not interesting politicians. They are one hundred percent the result of thirty or forty years of just institutional sclerosis. Gapes isn't interesting. No, it's funny to. I find like... I find Gapes interesting. Now there was a really good investigative piece on Mike Gapes um, on some podcast or another um, uh, last week that I listened to last week and. Um, really in depth, really interesting. No, what I actually find interesting about Mike Gapes is that, yeah, he's rightly become this ludicrous figure because of his strange, he's got strange mannerisms. He's got a kind of, I don't think he's stupid necessarily, but I don't, he has a country bumpkinness yeah, about him. He's got a village idiot thing about him. And yet, his whole career has not only been like, he was a researcher in the Labour Party for like 20 years. He was only yeah. elected in 92. He's like in his 70s. Yeah. Um, He's got that village idiot quality about him. He's got that very local, almost landowner MP. If he wasn't Labour, yeah. land, local landowner MP or son of a landowner or something. And yet, his place of expertise is foreign policy, yeah. the grand stage of history. <laughs> and so he only talks about, in that weird Essex squawk, about <coughs> yeah. um, Putin and, yeah. you know, Mr. Seamus Mill. You know, yeah. all of that... All of that um, Grand stuff. Like uh, he does talk about some other things, but he only he focuses so much on the big issues, which makes him all the funnier. Yeah, especially because yeah, he's just like this this tiny little Essex ball of a man who lives in Ilford. As I think he's pretty much only ever lived in Ilford, and I mean, he's just yeah. obsessed with like yeah, it's it's weird. And like he does go to Saudi. Yeah, that's the thing. He, yeah, he goes to Saudi. He's like <laughs> he's like been associated with the Kurdish, with Kurdish human rights yeah. for years. It's very odd. But it's it's odd that this is the this is the version of the blob. You've got all of these like clear eyed psychopaths in America yeah. who are like, oh, we, we are gonna bomb it wrong, we are gonna bomb yeah. it wrong. And we will do literally anything to just do this one thing for like forty years. Yeah. And then Mike Gapes pops up and goes, <laughs> He's a tyrant <laughs> It's amazing. Amazing. Um yeah. 
Number five, uh, the barriers of poverty, prejudice and discrimination facing individuals should be removed and advancement occur on the basis of merit, with inequalities reduced through the extension of opportunity, giving individuals the skills and means to open new doors and fulfil their ambitions. If I, were in, if I were in the government, yeah. I would simply remove the barriers uh. of poverty, prejudice and discrimination. That sounds I, good. I'm, Where can I so, that? I'm so surprised that people haven't thought about that. Yeah. Um, our free media, our rule of law, and our open, tolerant, and respectful democratic society should be cherished and renewed. That means nothing. No, it does. It does. It means um, stopping uh, BDS. That's true. Yeah, yeah actually, it, given what's it, happening, it means shutting down um, like university on pa- university free Palestine societies. Yeah, it means, yeah, that's specifically with Gapes. Yeah, it means sh- it means giving him the addresses of Twitter people who called him an idiot. Oh. We will come to that. Okay, we will come to that. We believe that our parliamentary democracy in which our elected representatives deliberate, decide and provide leadership. Libya's main export is maize. (laughs) (laughs) Or it's corn, which the Indians call maize. Um, (laughs) Held accountable by their whole electorate is the best system of representing the views of the British people. Really? Yeah. After all this time, again, you could do anything here. Call for PR. Yep. Call for um, a fully elected House of Lords. Yep. Call for anything. But no, this is the one. This is, this is the thing. This particular thing is the one that everyone died for. Or not, given your point of view. Um, and you might wonder how they're going to deliver all this. And I'm aware that I have fucking exhausted Simpsons quotes here already, <laughs> having had a look at my notes. Um... You've heard the phrase, let's get busy. Well, this is a manifesto that gets busy. (laughs) Thoroughly and consistently. Okay. Um, It's a totally outrageous paradigm. Um, It's sort of shit, actually, because, like, if Chucker or any of the more career-focused MPs, like, stayed, that Simpson line would have, like, really landed hard. Yeah. But now they don't even have that weird, technocratic, youthy, youthy, young buzz. No. Fake buzz around it. It's annoying. Instead, (laughs) it's just like, I'm real labour. Um... (laughs) Okay, so some policies. I, I did notice. Oh, sorry. That, yeah, I did notice that. Um, so Gates is still doing the same old, same old. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen any of Anna Sibri. Um, no, I haven't seen anything. I mean, it must be hard because like they're not entitled to anything. They're not yeah, entitled no, to any press time. I haven't seen anything on, like um, that. being like retweeted on Twitter or anything like yeah, that. Yeah. But I have seen um, Chris Leslie, and the only oh, difference yeah, yeah. I've seen between Chris Leslie talking now and Chris Leslie talking, but in the long, long ago when yeah. he was still part of Labour, is his head moves more. <laughs> Which is kind of like, I think that might be his only go-to now. You think that you're... Um... I think he was told he looks wooden and not like a human. Oh. And so he does, he sort of moves his head a bit. So now he looks kind of like a puppet. It's kind of great. He needs to keep that. He needs to keep his head in the centre. Yeah. yeah. But you see it quite a lot with um, with people. Like um, when, you know, you tell them explicitly you, you seem too wooden. And then their initial response to that is to, well, I'll do a little jig. Yeah. You see, it was great when you saw um, Cameron do exactly the same um, manoeuvres as Blair. Yeah. Except he would do it while moving. Blair yeah. would stay still and like do the rolled up shirt sleeves and the yeah. arms outstretched and the yeah all of that. Um, and Cameron would just kind of move around a little bit. And it's like, he's doing a speech without notes. Amazing. It's, shut the fuck up. Um, so some policies. Okay. Uh, increase investment in health and social care by equalising tax rates for dividend income with the rate for earned income. <laughs> Taxing stocks more. That's not very centrist, is it, Mr. <laughs> Leslie? 
Sounds like dangerous socialism to me. It does that to Threatens the very basis of our economy. And by the way, like this is a, 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 a this is a kind of warning thing. If Labour or any progressive party adopted this policy as their main method of funding health and social care, this would that's exactly how it would have been portrayed. It yeah, would have been portrayed 100%. in exactly the same way. You would have had videos of hard up working class stockbrokers. And stock owners, yeah. Um, yeah, talking about how Mr. Leslie was about to bankrupt them. Yeah, it one ha- if all of these people had stayed in the parties, if what had happened was supposed to happen had happened, and the Brownites had stayed in control of the party, yeah, and taken it in exactly the same direction, this is what they would be saying about them now. No magic money tree, etc., etc. Yeah, it, there's no doubt about that. Uh, achieve carbon net zero by 2045 transition away from sale of new petrol and diesel cars by 2030 phase out non-essential plastics by 2025 oh come on just go wild just say you're gonna eliminate carbon by like the end of this month yeah they could yeah they could again they could do anything you could totally guarantee there was I bet like there was someone there was like some younger one in the room it would have to be a younger one who like genuinely believes in the change (laughs) there is literally nobody older (laughs) there's a like that says like why don't why don't we do it? Why don't we just say look like we'll, we'll get rid of cars by twenty twenty five? Yeah, and my case like no, it won't play. <laughs> it won't play. I, I it will won't, never win my seat back. <laughs> it won't play in the pool halls of his of Ilford. It might play in the upscale boutiques of, of his North. It might play in the. Oh, we can't. No. We can't start doing gapes. That's treading on too many toes. We can't start doing gapes. What's the point? It's gonna be constant. <laughs> Oh no, that's not going to stop. It's not going away. <laughs> Put the question of Brexit back to the British people for a final say. Campaigning for the UK to remain in the European Union. Already got it. Okay. Already got it from at least two of the parties. Yeah. I mean, Lib Dems, it's not entirely clear where they're going yeah. now, but you already got Labor. it with Labour. Fuck yeah. it. Uh, raise new resources for health and social care by equalising the tax rate on unearned, quotes, dividend yeah. income with the rate levied on earned income. So it's similar kind of yeah. taxing on... This is a weird one because, like, saying unearned dividend income, yeah, I'm pretty sure it does have an economic uh, definition, but the quotes around it make it seem disconcertingly vague. Yeah. What test are you going to introduce that will prove that somebody who got a windfall or a dividend, yeah. it was unearned? You know, is it people who work for a company like Marks and Spencer's or John Lewis where they have stock in the company Mm. and so they worked for the company and therefore, and they also got a dividend or more accurately didn't get a dividend because they're not doing too well. But like, what, what's going on here? You know, um, new sentencing powers and sanctions tailored to the offense with stronger deterrent effect. For instance, bans from driving or from social media. Da, da, da. We knew he's it was put, coming. He's put his hands on the fucking scales of justice so he can win the Twitter wars. <laughs> it's the revenge of Gapes, comrade. Comrade Gapes instituting his Twitter inquisition. That's pretty. I quite like that it's got it explicitly in there. Yeah. I will have all of my enemies on social media removed. Um. A tax breaks to help individuals with relocation costs if they are seeking new job roles across the country, which is great. You know, what is when you are moving across the country to find a job because you can't find a job in your hometown or the town you're in, yeah. what you really need 
is a tax break on the no money you have in yep. between your old job and new job. I fucking a tax break on your other dividend. <laughs> I, yeah, I fucking love. It's a thing of especially old manifestos. I fucking love when they substitute tax break for um, a handout. Yeah, as if it's for or a benefit, as if yeah. it's actual money. If you're not earning that money, it's not money. And like, I also yeah. love it when they put that. That's purely corporate thinking. That's people who've only ever been like head of strategy yeah. or media director. You know, those kind of like cushy landing jobs where you're going there because you've specifically been paid more to go to that one job, that one high up job. Yeah. Not shit. I'm getting on my bike because that's the only way I can I can earn money. You mm. know, it fucking sucks. It's so shit. Uh, rights for employees and those working on contract to be notified of their shifts at least one month in advance. Lovely. Okay. Well, that's, that's kind of all right. That's better for zero-hour contract stuff, so you don't have to find out the, the day. You know, it's not that's not horrible. It's not horrible, but it's completely insufficient. Yeah. Because it can yeah, be 100%. nothing. Yeah. <laughs> or it could be a load. Yeah. And also, presumably, that locks you in. That's not exactly yeah. flexible working. No. Um... An auto enrolment into a ba- this is actually I think quite a bit a bit sinister. An auto enrolment into a basic level of critical illness and life insurance with a clear wow. right to opt out if existing policies are already in place. Getting used to you having a policy for your healthcare. Yeah, no, right? that's fucking horrifying. Presumably. Yeah. Horrible. That's really horrible. That's that's the kind of thing that it feels like would have been left over from when they were closer to the industries and departments that they were um, running or potentially running or had an interest in, you yeah. know? But that's a, that's a, that's a manoeuvre into technocratic um, decision-making on your, on your uh, healthcare. Yeah. That's not free at the point of use. That's an entryway for insurance companies and ultimately privatised healthcare. Partnerships between public and private sector to deliver large-scale affordable housing in areas of high demand. Wow. Rather than prioritise borrowing for mass renationalisation purposes, a higher priority is the need for investment in social housing assets. Yeah, sure, again, why not just try it another couple of times? Public and private partnership to deliver housing. Let's see if we can make that work one more time. Because if there's one thing that private house builders have an interest in, it's low-cost mass housing. (laughs) This has been proven time and time again. Just look around you. Oh, you can't move. (laughs) For all the affordable housing. They're famous for it. They're famous for not wanting to make an outrageous profit from building houses. Come on. Oh, man. Uh... A harmonised flat rate of 30% for pensions tax relief to reward those who save and are on low or middle incomes. To reward those who save and are on low and middle incomes. If there's one thing over the last few years that the incomes crisis has shown is that low and middle class earners are not saving and indeed find it very difficult to save. Yeah, impossible even. (laughs) It just didn't happen. A lot of these policies is like, No, the last 10 years did not happen to these people. No. It didn't happen anywhere in proximity to them. They haven't paid attention to anything. It's just the same fucking shit. Yeah. Um, E-identity system linked to NI numbers, national insurance numbers, to measure and enforce fair immigration rules. Identity cards. Identity cards. Measurement and enforcement. Fair immigration. That'll sort it out. Yeah. Because when... um, 
people get pissed off about immigration, they often go, I, I hate all immigrants except the ones with the cards. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Again, this, is a, this was probably literally a new Labour idea. Yeah. No, it, it feels exactly like it. Yeah. The thing is, I see um, National Action, they go out and they aim to kill people who didn't come here fairly and rightly. They always ignore, like, you know, black people who have passports. <laughs> Racists are known for doing that. Uh, the government! <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> um, communities with sharp population changes to be given greater support and protection with a migration impact fund. Okay, so that sounds like they buy the whole immigration puts pressure on services thing and they think, what do we do? We give them greater support and protection. Protection from what? Protection how? I mean, ring-fencing their services, that doesn't sound like... That sounds like socialism to me. It does. That sounds like giving a handout. That sounds like giving something for nothing. Migration impact fund, I reckon it's going to be just for police. Yeah. Kind of, uh, it's kind of what they mean. Yeah. Um, second chamber to be reformed with a fairer representation of the elected bodies from each of the nations, regions and local government. Note... Look, there are, there, there are five members of Change UK. There should be at least ten members in the House of Lords. <laughs> it's only fair. Also, note, again, not elected. Yeah, just changed like, slightly. No, no actual focus on how the House of Lords is, is uh, made up. Yeah. How it's elected. How it's um, chosen. Yeah. Which is currently... The Prime Minister chooses. Um, compulsory voting in the UK with a provision for abstention. Uh, I mean, that's fair enough, actually, because that's a completely selfless policy. <laughs> <laughs> compulsory voting... Oh, it's stupid anyway. It doesn't, it doesn't achieve much. I mean, Australia have compulsory voting, don't yeah, they? Yeah, it doesn't achieve much. They've, they've, got, they've got literal lunatic fascists who are letting the country burn because he refuses to acknowledge that it's on fire. Yeah. <laughs> and you know they don't, the firemen don't get paid in Australia. Yeah, it's a volunteer fire service. Most of them have had What, to... there's no, like, proper... Like, no. There's no Australian fire person and that's their job? No. It's a volunteer. What? It's a volunteer job. And, it's hotter than the sun! And they've literally... Like, um, last I saw that loads of them have been literally losing their jobs because they're not going to work because, you know, they're trying to stop the country from bursting... Well, from burning to the ground. And they're failing. Like, Whoa. the Canadian government is paying to send firemen over. <laughs> Like and yeah and the um, and the, the the prime minister of Australia is just like nah it's fine. <laughs> I saw a picture of Sydney today. Oh yeah, it's, it's bad. not fine. No, it's really not. It's really not. Like a friend of ours is going to Sydney. Like and it's weird because like I was I lived in Sydney for a bit and it's like there was like I talked to you a lot when I was living in Sydney. Hmm. It's a kind of a, it's 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 not the nicest city. Yeah, and it's not like yeah. There's a, there's much nicer places in Australia. But it's, you know, there's bits of it that are quite nice. Like, the bay is quite pretty. And, you know, ocean mm. is nice. Yeah, going yeah, around yeah. on ferries is nice. He's going to get there and it's going to look like fucking... It's going to look like Blade Runner. It's going to look exactly like Mad Max. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, that's right. They have compulsory voting there. It makes no fucking difference. <laughs> I, just, I just really like the idea that they're so committed to democracy that they will flame out <laughs> <laughs> entirely because of their commitment to actually... Enforcing something. They just yeah. want to force people to do something. Oh, yeah. Gabe, They're just I desperate. Think likes doing that. He will, like, he'll, he'll do that because then he'll retire and he'll be one of the voting officers who goes around wrapping, wrapping his knuckles on people's doors. A summit of the UK's smaller political parties to discuss breaking the cartel of bigger established parties on election rules to ensure new voices have a fairer hearing in British politics. Look, we just watched a whole bunch of fucking debates. Yeah. 
I did hear this morning um, there was someone saying like the reason the Lib Dems have done so badly is because Joe Swinson wasn't LA people weren't able to see enough of her. And it's like, well, that's uh, bollocks. They saw plenty of her, but you know they had like um, you know they had um, random people from the SNP whenever Nicholas Sturgeon couldn't be asked rightfully to turn up. They had fucking Adam Price, yeah, from, from Ply yeah. on all the time. You know they let the ones who've got like nobody in them yeah. do these things just because Change UK has got minus members. Well, also, the whole point of breaking the cartel is you'd have to change the voting system. Something, yeah, but they don't that, want to do that. Something that they've already said is the pinnacle of... It's perfect. I mean, what it sounds like... I mean, actually, the second point was cross-party working to become more the norm in Westminster with a review of constitutional and governance arrangements to encourage improved cross-party behaviour. So it's just ex- the, they want one group of people just trading policies internally at Westminster, and that's yeah. somehow fair... And more democratic. Uh, I love that. I like. I see Parliament as an arena of compromise, a giant bar- bazaar like the port markets of old. <laughs> uh, instead of spices from the Orient, it's white papers on affordability studies. <laughs> oh dear. You know, all they want really, Change UK, out of politics and British politics is a place where they can say, you know, yes, a place where anybody who, who comes to them can say yes. I will shift capital gains tax a percent or so if I can redistribute the proceeds to electronically tagging people with student visas. Um, <laughs> people can be proud to be British, knowing that they have a government that delivers on the big promises of prosecuting you when you pretend to be my wife on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nation reforged in purpose, no longer beings of shadow and extremism are we. Instead, in bright shining glory with the intricacy of a cut diamond and the flawless simplicity of a newly harvested pearl. As you feel the change UK consume you, you will not be dismayed because all things must change UK. <laughs> Hail gapes! And then the flag comes down with his stupid grinning face on it and that's yeah. the end of the election broadcast. Perfect. Okay. This is now the run-up to the 2019 general election. Well, it's been the run-up. It's now imminent. Yeah. In It's tomorrow. Yeah. Um, it's been a weirdly... I'd say bruising, but apparently nobody in the UK press agrees that until a couple of days ago, when there were a few like ver- like varying kinds of gaffes, yeah. they were saying, "Oh, this has been a very very boring election," and it's like, I don't think it has. I just think no. that the way that we've been receiving it has been weird, weird, and and fairly non-stop, especially online, like based around polls, yeah. and there's been a lot of poll anxiety, and I don't like. I'm not saying I'm immune to it, but for some reason this time around it's been a lot easier to ignore polls there's been a couple yeah. of times where i've glanced at them as i've been as i've been scrolling and and things like that and you look at it and you go ooh how is that possible yeah um and you look into some of the methodology of them and it's it's very weird but i haven't found it difficult to uh, all told to ignore the polls yeah what i have found it really difficult to ignore is just everything around the like context and and themes of this, like at the beginning we were told this was the Brexit election. Yeah. And it really has not been. No. Like I really don't think any of the coverage, any of the access that we have to politics has shown it to be be that way. Like the Conservatives have just had get Brexit done as if that's that's good enough. Yeah. And if that explains exactly what it all is, 
which of course it isn't. Um, Labour, like again, you thought Labour were going to be harangued for their like Brexit position, and they were at the beginning, and then it kind of they said it and it faded away. I don't know, like like uh, it, for, it, it hasn't been a major thing. Of, you do, they do still do it. Yeah, they're still doing it. They still do it all the time on the radio. Hmm. But they're the same ones who do it. Like Joe Winston still says it. Yeah, well, she's again. They've done the traditional Lib Dem thing of burning very brightly early on, and then, and then, um, and then kind of coming unstuck because they're terrible and their policies are terrible and um, nobody likes them. I don't think they burn brightly at all. I think. Um, oh they, no, they're they're uh, they. It, when I say burn brightly, everything you say about this election has to be couched in the fact that none of it bears any relationship to material reality. Yeah, yeah, this has been the most it, unreal election yeah, that I've elect- ever experienced personally. Yeah, that's that's that much. The so most it divorced. Feels like there's, there's two elections going on. There's the yeah. election in the heads of everyone on the TV, mm-hmm. um, and like in all the politicos' heads, and then there's the election that we've seen or heard from people door knocking and things like that, and like. I know a couple of people who've been door-knocking, like, um, and door-knocking places like Uxbridge and Chingford and stuff like that. And the way they're talking about those places and new people signed up to vote, mm. is very different to the way they're talking about it on the news. Yeah. When they talk about, on the news, like, there's less enthusiasm for Corbyn this time. On Sunday, I was filling envelopes, and there was a lot of people there filling envelopes with me. Yeah, though we've, like, some of the scenes have been... Just, just really in- incredible to see. Like, yeah. it's been really like encouraging. Mm. Um, just like so many people turning out, and so many people really like passionate about it, and actually hopeful. Very different from twenty seventeen when all of us, us including, yeah. to a certain extent, were hedging our bets on what up to them was maybe a newly relent. It was new to us at that point, but was completely relentless. Yeah, like so hostile. Mm. Like there are. We go into this election with experience of four years yeah. of people telling us that Jeremy Corbyn is going to take all of your children to his gingerbread house. Yeah. That's like my fifth Simpsons reference. <laughs> um, it is not an uncommon thing to read in the mainstream media that the leader of the opposition is going to personally kill you. That you, um, Pretty Patel, actually said there will be that? there will be an extra like fifty murders a month. Yeah, she did say that. Um, but um, you know they've always said that. They're bit, no, they're bit, that like, actively, it bears just no relationship to reality. The sun is just the sun is going to do the sun. But the the ease by which they throw around Marxist and that means virtually nothing to yeah. it must mean virtually nothing to anybody anymore. If you were if you were going to vote Corbyn. Yeah. And then you saw that. It's yeah. not going to have any real effect. All not it really. does is this kind of weird, demoralising, divisive um, effect on on people. And, like, I think it's been really interesting, actually, with um, the differences with now and 2017 is... I will say the centre-left has been quieter than they were before. Yeah, I haven't seen any joke. Um, with- although Jess Phillips has been... With the exception of uh, Jonathan Ashworth. Yeah. And that video that came out a few days ago of him yeah. talking to his Tory mate. Um, and yeah, most of the, most of the s- like slack, like the Tories have attacked and they always have certain pockets of the press yeah. that are entirely sympathetic to them. But what's happened is they seem to have captured, I mean, they've captured the BBC. That's yeah. the big one. But there's so many elements in every conceivable facet of information that would be coming at you yeah. 
that would tell you that not only is Corbyn going to lose, but that he's no different from Boris Johnson, that he's just yeah. as racist, he's just as um, yeah. ex- like extreme or whatever that means. But he's worse at maths than him. So but he's, he's yeah. yeah. That's like the main thing that they seem to be getting at. It's from, but the thing is, they haven't just... It's, the last couple of days has been pretty weird. Because, mm. you know, you had the um, guy in the sun who browses Aryan Unity... Um, post posting something he found off. Yeah, there. I've, I've, I mean, I've, I, well, I've seen that before. That yeah. that went around on social media um, for a, a while before, and he just picked it up and used it. Yeah. Um, Tom Newton Dunn. Yeah. Right, the political editor at the Sun, and he took it down. But I think there's a weird thing at the moment where there's no. You know that if you're voting Labour, if you're Labour, you're going to bear the full brunt of everything everybody does. Yeah. Well, it's um. You know, like before, you've said it before that, um, like the BBC in, in general, like the media, they are in favour of like it's not that they're explicitly right wing; it's more that they're in favour of the government, the yes. state, and all that kind of stuff. That is not going to be true if we win. Yeah, that's not uh, at all. Because like you saw, saw the way they easily all like Peston and Koonsberg straight away went with um, with that thing that happened with Matt Hancock's aide. And they oh, were like, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, Labour activists, there were hundreds and they assaulted someone. Yeah. And then they sort of went, oh yeah, sorry, we kind of got it wrong. Who told you? Not telling. Yeah. I'll never tell. It's because it fulfills something very important for them and like that it is something, it is like something that is very clear from this election, that alienated like two elections thing, is that it is very important for some reason to paint... Jeremy Corbyn as illegitimate. Yeah. It's not just that he's an opposing voice, it's that he has no place in it. Yeah. So whenever there's a group of people, it's a violent mob. And yeah. they need for those mobs to be violent. Despite the fact that I don't think I've seen any there no. has been no incidents of no. like moment, only, hip hop style momentum thugs well, yeah, only, um, coming to bash bash people's doors down. The only people that have been hurt so far have been um Labour 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 canvases, yeah. yeah. Um, it just that there's exists out the there. The rat that Ian Duncan Smith killed and posted to himself. Oh yeah, disgusting. Um, and yeah, there just exists out in the mindscape of the press, in the presscape. Yeah. There exists this bizarre fantasy world that, like, it doesn't it doesn't map onto anything. It maps onto a very primal like structure of desire yeah. among certain people that they can't quite get themselves away from. So, like, this fantasy world exists. Jeremy Corbyn is a bellowing warlike figure presiding over what is basically a religious cult. Yeah. Um, and I've never, like, it, it showed with that interview they did with him a few weeks ago to withdraw. He bellowed. I've never seen him bellow. Yeah. And they had a lot, of, there was a lot, actually, it's happened less this time, but around the last time, um, the last election, when a lot of people said, oh, that thin skin of Corbyn showing again. It's yeah. like, man has the thickest skin I've ever seen. Like, divorced from what I like about his policies. Yeah. The man is the calmest person I have ever seen accused of genocide without committing a genocide yeah. that I've ever seen. Yeah. They are talking about him reopening Auschwitz. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. And he just, he still maintains that particular calm. It's always been a really, really interesting facet of him. But like, they paint lay the Labour Party as it's now. It's wide-eyed students and it's really, really ancient trots. That's all it is. Mm. It's you know not however many. It's a million now. What I don't, the, the Labour Party membership? Oh, it's not that high. It's, no, no, it's um, it's the largest party in Europe. Yeah, largest political party in Europe. 
they seem to paint them as you know they they are physically close to frenzy every time he's criticised. Yep. They're always ready to do violence. No evidence needed because no evidence is required. In their minds, they are already that. They have already committed unspeakable atrocities yeah. to the population, uh, to the innocent population well, of this talk, country. There was really a girl on the radio today. Um, they were talking about the pe- the people who were threatening Luciana Berger. Yeah. And how and like I I'm pretty certain I'm right on this mm. that none of the ones who went to prison were actually Labour members. They were just randos. They were random anti-Semites. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, on the other, on, like it, it just every single bit of that. Nobody believes it, but it has this shoring up effect for their own sense of self. It's again, it's like Change UK are the most comical example of it. But the idea that you are the centre, that you are the indispensable part of this whole process, mm. and that's why it has to come from journo's and it has to come from politicos and it has to come from people associated specifically with Westminster. Yeah, that they have to be the centre of this yeah. and any movement away from that particular thing their particular political ideals is is illegitimate it, it's dangerous it undermines what it is to be that thing it's existential yeah on the other hand we have Boris now they have really the odd thing is they haven't the BBC mostly have given him benefit of the doubt they haven't been able to buff him up that much, I don't think. Like, they still, but he's still like, oh, he's this shambling charisma machine of witticisms and he's such a good campaigner. And, like, the other big thing about this election, Boris is fucking terrible. We have talked about this before. Oh, yeah. Boris is really, really bad at being a politician. It's nice that if, if okay, so say we don't win. Yeah. Um, if we don't win, it's, I reckon it's going to be a hung parliament. He's not going to get his stonking majority that he wanted. No. no, um, no, no. And then he's going to die the slow death of Theresa May. Yeah. And it is quite satisfying because, like, Theresa May dying that slow death and disappearing into obscurity, like, she was a horrible woman and I'm glad she's gone. Mm. But Boris has been a horrible person for a significantly longer period of time and he'll yeah. go. I, I just, I, I didn't... He's going to be gone. He's going to return in about 30 years' time on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Burning Australia. <laughs> I never would have... I never would have thought before the election exactly how stagey and press conferency his election, like, his election uh, would be. Like, Do you know why? Because we talked about this a while ago about looking, looking at, um, looking at yourselves through your enemy's eyes. Yeah. Because you, 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 like it's that thing that the Tories, they give out this air of being the natural party of government, and you know you'd see it sometimes in the way people respond to certain things the Tories say. Like, there's a general assumption when you meet people that, like, a lot of people that you meet are like fiscally kind of conservative. Yeah. Because they think that's just a smart thing. They to think do. they are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what they, they think they are. Um, but in reality, they're not. Um, but yeah, so you like you just you assume that after all this time, surely Boris can do a speech, well, like, or at least I, not run away and hide behind. I think it was like a, a Taxpayers Alliance heavy this morning. Really? Yeah, I think it's a former Taxpayers Alliance bloke <laughs> who told them to fuck off. Well, it was like okay, like he does the usual like going to a factory, touring a factory. But like there was that there was that stunt with the, the um, place as well. yeah. Oh, milk. milk is the is the secret key signifier in all of British politics. It is. It's everywhere. It's a, it's behind every corner. It's on everybody. It's got stuff on everybody. It's the secret power behind the British state. 
Um, like, yeah, take that digger stunt that he did yesterday. So he rides a white painted digger through a, br- a load of styrofoam bricks that say Brexit. Yeah. And it's For like... A, it was a JCB. Yeah, it was yeah. a, like one of the largest Tory donors. Yeah. <laughs> and like, we see that and we know that actually that's not appealing. Every, yeah. That's not appealing to anybody. It's simply but, a very, very large, simple visual metaphor, right? Yeah. Now, there should be an ironic distance between that and the fact that he's never done any manual labour. Yeah. Right? Because that's what that... in, in, in When politicians do that, when they get into a tank, or when they, you know, um, work on the assembly line at a factory or something, yeah. or go and pick up litter or something yeah. like that, what they're usually trying to do traditionally is they're trying to inhabit that role to bring themselves down to earth to personalize themselves um on the flip side to communicate their masculinity or their yeah their proximity to realness like think tony blair with the guitar yeah and i actually don't think he was lying there i think he enjoys enjoyed playing the guitar right or um tom watson at glastonbury to a certain extent yeah like he probably does enjoy going there but he can't help but think that him in his flip-flops with a pint of cider appeals to a very particular kind of demographic that New Labour and later centre-left Labour, centrist Labour, yeah. were, were going after. Um, and I mean, you would think, like, everyone's proclaiming, like, all these ironic press stunts and all these weird little things that keep happening to him as nine-dimensional chess. But actually, couldn't it just be that he really is bad at this it's not that these aren't these aren't dead cats no you know like and it's not even him it's it's not even just him it's it's the rest of them yeah like the most prominent um uh politicians have been like Sajid Javid yeah Priti Patel um Matt Hancock Dominic Rabb Liz Truss yeah and they haven't been very visible and they've made numerous fuck-ups um I think Reese Mogg was going to be a more important part until he fucked up right at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. And you think that, like, this whole generation of... of this isn't even the old generation no. of Tory politicians. This is meant to be the rising stars. Yeah. Priti Patel and, and, and Dominic Rabb and, and, and those people are meant to be... They were supposed to be the rising stars for, like, the, the last rise, decade. The rising stars. And all stars. they've done is fuck up. And on the left, if you view them from the left, there was always this opinion that they were the real psychos. Yeah. That they were the ones who were really going to come in and start tearing this country apart with their free market policies. And you've got them here and they're in a kind of compromised position. And it's like, no, they're just the same old, like, cosseted, privileged idiots. Yeah. You know, even the ones who are from, like, ostensibly middle-class backgrounds... Like, you know, their their dad was a shop owner or, you yeah. know, their their parents were in business or something. That's usually the thing. And they're not technically aristocracy or anything like that. Try, that's trying to reinvent Thatcher. That's trying to yeah. resurrect the Thatcherite revolution. And it's just nothing about it comes off. There's nothing there no. about these people. You know what I mean? But it does also mean, on the flip side, that the Tories are doing so well because their entire organisation has had to be subsumed within the, me- the media complex yeah. the media industrial complex you know and yeah that's been the dominant tory mouthpiece and supporter like the if labor is a party of a few mps backed up like attached to uh, its members yeah the tory's party is currently a few mps attached to every newspaper yeah in some form it's, every tv channel 
has, every journalist. It has been the most obvious ever. It's yeah. ridiculous. It's way the, more obvious. The BBC, Absolutely. I think the BBC, it's even more obvious because it's like a lot can be said about Laura Koonsberg being a Tory mm. and like, um, Rob Bell, Burley being like a Tory. But there was the thing is that's really important about these people and Peston as well is they're also bad at their job. They're just bad at it. So it's like, like especially with Kinsberg, it makes it even more obvious. Like today with her breaching electoral law. Yeah. Yeah, saying about uh, the postal votes are looking grim for Labour. How do you know? Yeah. You're not supposed to report on that because it influences other, it may influence other people voting. Yeah. Also, it's not that bad because older people always vote first and expats and things but like also, that. But also, yeah, but it's like... But I've, in any case... Either like, she's lying yeah. or she's breaking the law. Yeah. Either way, she shouldn't be doing it. There's just so many little little things that are building up to a, a, a proper case, and like, yeah, there's such a there's, it's so the discourse is so dominant around a particular level of of common sense that they've been able to get by on that because if they did favour one party's policies over another, they could retreat to the fact that can't spend more than you earn and yeah. old cliches, you know. If the country was a family, they'd be spending ten million pounds each year. Yeah. Are you do you spend ten million? You know, common sense bollocks that comes from an ideological place, but has enough of the veil of relatability yeah. and ultimately entertainment to be able to get by. This has been crazy. Yeah, like the amount of things that have happened, like the things that they have, they seem to exist to protect the powerful from the powerless. And no, that's not even in a kind of overall rhetorical discourse way. That's when they have been confronted with something a powerful person has done yeah. or has been accused of, they automatically turn on the person accusing them, who yeah. is usually powerless. Be that a, a parent in a hospital. Yeah. Or someone asking a question at a Q&A. Yeah. There's something... Very, very backwards. And I think like what, what I think is, is hurting a lot of people is the same thing we always say. We have no access to get redress yeah. for this. Like there's no the BBC is public publicly run broadcaster, state broadcaster, what yeah. public broadcaster, let's let's say. Not quite a state broadcaster. There's no democratic mechanism. There's no legal mechanism. There's no social discourse mechanism. Yeah. To get back on this, the one thing I will notice about the BBC over the last... like I listen to the Radio 4 in the morning. I have to invite that shit into my house every morning because otherwise I, I just, I'll be thinking that there's something important happening. And, yeah. you know. and what's remarkable about it is the house style is so all-encompassing. The main... You don't listen to it for the people who are going on to it. You listen to it for the presenters. Yeah. Because it's their show. It's entirely driven... By their personalities. Yeah. It's impossible to escape the framing that they put on things because they're so aggressive. They combined that Paxo kind of attitude to everything, you yeah. know, down to school children. They've combined all of that with this overwhelming, suffocating unseriousness about it. There's no need, they never go into anything in any kind of depth, they're never informed. If they're interviewing an expert, they take the place of almost like a generic expert of the people. Yeah. So if you're interviewing someone on climate change and you're you 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 have to present the opposition side, they well they feel like they have to present yeah. the opposition side, and then they have to become the expert because they don't know anything. Yeah, it's just gibberish. 
it doesn't come out. It's just nonsensical. Yeah. You know? Like, their dominant discourse would be that when the state spends money, it disappears. Now, we know it doesn't. It yeah. circulates in the economy. But in this discourse, no, state money is just thrown at the wall. It, it yeah. goes. If you spend a load of money on broadband, yeah. on a publicly owned broadband company, no one gets anything. No, no engineers are employed unless they're employed by, by private employers. Then they get paid. Then yeah. they get wages. But that never comes across. No. All of these exemptions and exclusions are just like building up in the in the especially in the election, and it's it's been it's been difficult. Yeah, like there's so many like as we were saying earlier, like there's such a disconnect between that dominant discourse used to make sense to people. It used yeah. to be it was wrong, but it made sense to generally people or to a certain class of a certain class. Yeah. Right? It had that language, that kind of framing in it, but. When you've got things like there was a fucking article on like how the Tories uh, can become the natural party of um, uh, black British people, yeah, and it's like yeah. because in their mind, black British people were socially conservative, yeah, and the Tories could be socially conservative, and so therefore they're a natural fit, ignoring everything else that has happened between Afro-Caribbean community and yeah. the Tories and the, like, the African community yeah. and the Tories yeah. and everything about that. It just it just goes away. But no, 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 because they're always just about to be the party of the working class. They're always just about to be the party of ethnic minorities, always just about to be the party of the North. And like it takes its place in this parallel universe that, that wonks exist in. Yeah. Um, the stuff that they say about like the um, uh, the Greens and the Lib Dems yeah. is the framing that they've had for years, which is, oh, they're on the rise, they're about to come. This isn't based on any kind of analysis. This isn't no. based on any uh, class analysis about where their support lies, where it's shifting to, where, how their policies are changing internally. Nothing about that. It's always about, it's because they want a continuing story. As we said last week, they want yeah. a developing story that never concludes so the Tories will always be about to be parking their thing on Labour's lawn. Yep. Labour will always be about to be crashing out. Yep. Lib Dems will always be about to come to replace them as a party of opposition. And it's not changed, and it seems insane. There was a fucking um, thing on the BBC, uh, like the environmental analyst, um, wrote, all major parties promise strong action on climate change, but the Greens are the most radical by far. The Tories want to carbon zero by 2050. Labour is aiming for earlier than 2050. The Lib Dems are even more ambitious with a 2045 target. That Labour target, 2030. Yeah. yeah. It is more, it is as ambitious. It's the same target as the Greens. Yeah. But he doesn't mention it. All of these massages and exclusions are so fucking glaring. Was he the same guy at the BBC who did the thing about um, that the Labour Party's environmental stuff will actually harm the environment? And that was the headline. And it was like, oh, in an interview with a guy that owns an energy company. Oh, yeah, it was like an oil tycoon. Yeah. Drilling book oil hat. Yeah, it's been the exclusions and exemptions are way, way, way too much and way yeah. too unsubtle. And to be honest, up until recently, Koonsberg has actually somehow managed to be more subtle than most of the people at the BBC. Yeah. In the the way that they've been reporting. But like yeah, like like we said last week, above all, this wonk paradise yeah. is they constantly want the developing meta story. 
So, like, cl- that never gets resolved. Yeah. Climate change, Russia, um, poverty, homelessness. All of these things must kept, be kept in play yeah, and can, must be a constantly aggravating problem. It never ends and needs to make stories out of nothing. Yeah, you know, like, people sh- are becoming more tribal, but they shouldn't be. Yeah. People have different interests from each other, which are all legitimate as long as they're about immigration, especially yeah. in ex-industrial areas, except if you don't want to make them ex-industrial areas, and then that's bad because that's state overreach. This you was know, a, this was a constant recurring thing, and it's like, again, it, this happened in the last election. Like, I remember Bloodworth was particularly bad for it in the last election. Hmm. Last election was Bloodworth making up, you know, when he was speaking in that Welsh accent. Oh, um, yeah. About the fire in the bellies and all that kind of stuff. Um, but this one, like, I, I think it was BBC. It was someone. Someone was in um, Matlock. Yeah. In Derbyshire, talking about how it's a traditional Labour town and how, you know, it's going to go, it's going to yes. go conservative. And it's like, Matlock is, I, I've been to Matlock. It's not. Matlock's mm. a Tory town. Not even bothering to look the at the fucking... It's like, yeah. I see a hill and I see a cobblestone wall. Obviously this is Yorkshire and they're all Labour. It would take 10 seconds to yeah. Google the electoral history. Yeah. It doesn't even say, you don't even have to look at the percentages. Just no. look at who the fucking MP was. Yeah. And yeah, the saying things like that, completely oblivious yeah. to what's actually happening because it is more fulfilling and more comforting to exist in this particular illusion that they've chosen for themselves. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think like it just comes across all the time. Everything in this election, everything that's aggravated me has been just the impunity of it all. You know, all the all the benefits of the doubt, all of the saying something and then taking it back, actually posting Nazi propaganda and putting it down. He's on the BBC the next day. Tom Newton Dunn was on Radio 4 this morning. Yeah, he was on, um, and he was on Newsnight last those, night. He was on one of those reading the papers things with um, Aisha Hazarika, principal daddy fascist that she is, sitting there with him, didn't mention it. Yeah, not one fucking word yeah. about the actual thing that he's doing. And it just, it. there's no other way of explaining it other than it's just this open antagonism and these contradictions just rising to the surface because they're desperate. They are closer to having this whole thing tip over than they have been in the last 20 years. Yeah. Right? They have one objective, getting things back to uh, the way they were. Whatever that way was, they have differing visions of the way things was. Yeah. But that's their goal. Like, they want an institutional and a cultural reset. And that's why they seem so single-minded. They think that this whole thing, they think this is a blip. They think this is a storm that will pass. One final massaging of the facts. One one little thing to just get you through this election. Just a little bit more. And it will just go back. We can go back to being like responsible, upstanding seekers of truth once the election's over. And Corbyn's got it about Cooper's in charge of the Labour Party. And it's like, yeah... And it, it, you can see now, I think actually probably it's the shocks of the last 10 years yeah. that are starting to unravel. We all told ourselves, we were told, during the financial crisis, we could see what was happening in the financial crisis. We could see as those banks fell over. We could see as we were maybe a few hours away from a general bank run across most of the world where your currency, you wouldn't be able to get your money out of an ATM yeah. where the banks would collapse. And then they paid a load of money to it. And then the story immediately became, we've lost all this money because of overspending. Yeah. And I think since that lie, there hasn't been... I'm not saying people didn't lie before, but I think that there's been a desperation about the lying that it's absolutely necessary to maintain this particular system in place. You yeah. Know? yeah. And 
what's come out in this election is that they are so fucking suspicious of those lower down the order actually actually coming to this truth themselves and yeah. actually making fun of them even though they make fun of themselves that power must always be in their hands you know yeah, yeah but they make fun of that power in a very to lie specific in way. like dominic cummings has like resigned Ish. dominic cummings resigned at the beginning of the of the thing Ish. he wrote a blog a blog post that was basically great replacement theory yeah. that Labour would bus in a load of migrants in order to uh, into marginal constituencies to swing votes. Yeah. Laura Kunzberg retweeted it and then yeah. he resigned again. Yeah. And I seem to believe I seem to remember a couple of days ago when they were talking about um, looking at the BBC's uh, license fee that Dominic Cummings agrees. So yeah. he's still in there. Yeah. So what's happening here? This is this is just there's no. There's no ability for us to get at anything. No. We can't... Like, it's, it's impossible not to make up, like, alternate scenarios around that whole Dominic Cummings thing of Labour's day of chaos. Mm. Um, oh, this, this chopping and change at the top won't look good to voters, will it? Yeah. Laura. I just... I just you know, whatever. This kind of environment, of course, was going to happen. Maybe that's the price we pay for... Anytime you go up against entrenched power, but it feels like a lot of the time, a lot of labour people, a lot of disabled people, a lot of poor people pay every price yeah. for going up against the Tories. They're not allowed one thing. They're not allowed the freedom of their own lives. They're not allowed the freedom of their own uh, prosperity. They're not allowed any kind of access to this. Even when they do slightly get into it, it's 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 slapped away from them. Yeah, you know that's the whole the whole feeling that you get. And you know, like yeah, this this whole state of impunity that the media seems to be existing in, if the Tories win, if they get a majority, they're going to be able to rewrite the rules of the state like that. Yeah. All that stuff about canvassing, well, there will be doubts about violent momentum canvassers. Yeah. So they'll ban certain types of canvassing. Yeah, they'll make it they'll make it so you can't bust people in. Yeah. They will um exclude areas around visits. Yeah. So that you can only have stage visits. Those stuff, yeah. Um, don't have a bad it's just an extension of that don't have a bad day don't miss anything you know yeah. don't don't uh, miss a payment don't extend your awareness outside anything else because this is nothing to do with you yeah um, all of the kind of like did you see that Lisa McKenzie thing about that she wrote in the Metro about how she's not going to vote yeah I did see that and it's like yeah okay you're an anarchist and you didn't vote and it's like this is your small act of resistance well there we go. This is your small act of resistance. Yeah. This is your neither party appeals to me. This is your lone voice crying out in the wilderness against all yeah, against all of the all of the collectives, all of the yeah. all of the mob. I'm the only one who stood up for my own rights. Here you go, here's where it is. It's fucking Boris rewriting it so that you need ID to vote. Yeah. It's rewriting it so that Buckinghamshire is basically the only constituency that matters. Yeah. This country won't fucking survive another Tory decade. No. Not in this way, and that means good and bad. I don't want people to die, but at the same time, this current constitutional arrangement, it won't take any more, any more tinkering in this way. Like, no. it won't survive It won't survive more of this. No. Especially with Brexit happening. But, like, I'm still quite hopeful, even if Labour do lose, right? Because this election is being inconsistent, bad faith, vicious, like the country it's taking place in. Um... <laughs> And the more vicious it gets, the more revealing power's motivations become, right? This discourse, all of this talk around elections, people kind of switch in and out of the news and they kind of absorb discourses. It doesn't necessarily change minds, right? It's not sufficient to change somebody's mind from being a Tory voter to a Labour voter necessarily. 
But what it does do is it sustains a certain kind of passivity about things, right? People don't seem that bothered. If you're a standard person that doesn't pay attention to media, you think most things that in life are on you and not part of larger structures. That's enough to make you not rebel, but it's not enough to actually get make you get up and defend the system as it exists. And there's another financial crisis coming. Yeah. That's why these contradictions are so important. It's so important to keep track of them and to develop good reasons and good investigative abilities to call them out when you when you see them. Because these fault lines, these little exceptions, these are the things, these are the red lines that they do not want you to cross. These are the things that they consider unacceptable, are the things that they drop out of their sentences, of their of their figures, of their all those kind of things. Even if this doesn't come out the way we want to, and I think it will. I think it still will. Um, it doesn't end it. This no. doesn't end like they want to. This left surge isn't coming from a place of idealism. This isn't coming from some brand new idea that somebody's had. Yeah. Although it is expressed in several new ideas, which are really exciting. It's expressed in the basic material relationship that every single one of these people has with their own lives. They know their own lives and the experience they've had over the last 10 years. They know when they've been fucked, like kicked off benefits. They know when they've been brutalised by police or uh, when they're protesting. Or they know when they've been lied to. You know? Yeah, I think the fun... When Ed Miliband changed the rules of the Labour Party, they lost it forever. Yeah. Like, but... then, it's not... It's like, okay, say, worst case scenario, Corbyn loses 400-seat majority... Mm-hmm. For the Tories, they win everything. Everything. Yeah. Um, Corbyn's gone. It's not going to be Jess Phillips. No. I I won't be voting for Jess Phillips. No, no. I will but... be voting for someone who is solidly left. It would have been Laura Pidcock, but it seems that she's dancing with the turfs. Um, so it <laughs> would not be her. Turfs. Yeah. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, mm. we've it, that party is, is ours now. <clears throat> Unless, like, somehow the unions leave and take all their money and drop it off at the Lib Dems, which they ain't gonna. Yeah, we're we're safe. Yeah, ish. That's the thing. We like we can carry on fighting. It's not like if we lose the election, we're done and we can't yeah. fight. We've still got a way of fighting back. The thing is, we'll lose people. Lots of people. I yeah. That's the thing. That's like I mean, that's the that's. I was talking last night. Um, it's the horrible gift that Jeremy Corbyn has given to me. Mm. I have gone through a lot of elections, and I couldn't give two shits. Yeah, but Jeremy Corbyn has given me the gift of hope. <laughs> and that means that I get sad. But I think we're going to win. That's why they've been so horrible. I think, like, they, to a large extent, they they thought the left was beaten. Yeah. They, they had, thought they were done. They I mean, I think they had... His awkward, like, jokes that were gone. Well, if you, if you think of, like, like, historically, like, you think of wars generally, and you think of, like, the Cold War, there has never been a more supposedly complete ideological victory than that of the West yeah. in broad terms over emancipatory politics yeah. because the Cold War wasn't just fought against the USSR it was fought against uh, socialist and communist regimes across the world yeah. and emancipatory politics in general in each country in different ways right and they thought they had settled it and yeah. every one of these people ha- is from a generation where they thought they had settled it right and they fight so hard now because they can't see any other way, but they fight inanely, ineptly because they've had it good for so long and all they had to win was a TV debate. All they had to win was the top job on BBC politics. We always had to win the world. Yeah. 
And that's why they we're not going away and they can't win. Yeah. They have no stakes higher than we have. Uh, that's us for this week. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. Follow us at WDTATW underscore podcast. Follow me at BM Bergamo. Follow Hugh at Tanner Smashing. We'll see you next week. about the fighting game when Mr. Hoover said to cut my